things all fall into play. Like you said, there, the, the real true discipline does not come without true love. That's right. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise you're just you're just punishing. Yeah, you're just punishing. Right. But what we've done is we've 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 done this knee jerk thing in society mm -hmm. where we have just ripped out the guts, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, excuse me if that's offending anyone. We don't mean to offend anybody, of course. But you know, we're just ripping the innards out of right. the truth of mm -hmm. God's word because now none of us like to be corrected. No, not at but, all. But when we're reproved and then when we're corrected of the error right. and shown the discipline of right living right. and all, then it becomes a lesson in us whereby we, we have a choice. See, there goes, you know, Robert, that's, it goes all the way back to the tree again. Yep. Yep. Why the tree? Why yeah. the tree? Because God, in his wisdom, mm -hmm. gave us, created us as people with choice. Yes. We have a choice. To make. That's what makes us human. That's we right. have a choice to make. And we can choose whether we're going to avoid the forbidden fruit <laughs> right. or are we going to take it. Oh, but it looks good to eat. It looks like it's something to help make one wise. Right. There's all the reasons they've never changed. It's right. never, never changed. And in fact, the psalmist even went on to say, or it might have been the, uh, it might have been David's son Solomon in the Proverbs that said, you know, calamity will always follow the wicked. Mm -hmm. You know, for a time it looks like they're going to prosper. It looks like everything's going to go their way. But ultimately, calamity will follow wrong thinking and wrong doing is going to do it that's that's just the that's the nature of light and dark that's just all there is to well it. you know that's one of the things that the in the in the garden scene when we talk about what happens with the knowledge of good and evil yes. is the torment nature of the knowledge of evil yes. just knowing that evil exists and mm -hmm. knowing that evil and there's a dark side to all things because you have to realize Prior to that, Adam and Eve had never experienced anything negative in their life. There was right. not such there was no such thing. Right. So the psychological torment that humanity was not designed for came into being there when they ate that fruit. That psychological torment, that that anxiety, depression, all those things hey. came into being in the human existence yes. in the human experience in that moment. And the first thing that the reason God said death has to follow it. And even in those scriptures, he's you know yes. when, when he's talking, kind of to himself, he says, "We now have to remove them from the tree of life because they can't live forever this way." Yes. And I, what I feel like that was an act of mercy because I feel like if if Adam and Eve had had to go from knowing what life was like before anxiety yeah. and depression and evil to an eternal life of torment. Of anxiety, of depression, of mm. PTSD, oh, of all these, man. all these type of you know stress, stress. Just the basic concept of stress was new to humanity's experience. Mm -hmm. Now imagine if that would have been an eternal struggle. Ooh, you know, so often the tragedy, the tragedy of men taking their lives after experiencing extreme situations and horrible situations, it's the knowledge of the evil that torments them. It's the knowledge of having experienced that or watching others experience that. It's yeah. the knowledge of evil that torments them so much so that a lot of times they can't handle it and they take their own lives or attempt yes. to. Yes. And it's such a tragedy because that is a fruit of sin. It is yeah. a fruit of that initial eating of that, well, we got to know. I got to know. The problem is, is that a prolonged experience and prolonged desire to know 
Well, once you know something, you can't unknow it, especially once you experience, once you have an experiential truth. So once you partake in certain sins, you have to deal with the weight of that sin forever. There is an eternal consequence of that until you get right with God, until you come into the knowledge of the truth, until you come into that, to, to that training and that correction and that rebuking of that knowledge and replace it with the grace and the knowledge of the truth. Yes. You know that's that's the one of the, the powerful thing is that we have, uh, and this is a message especially to those that may be suffering from some of these, and we and we all do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, Robert and I can both give testimony yeah. to some of these very things, and no family is exempt from it, no. and no person is untouched by it. That's right. And we're not judging anybody here no. because the fact is the, the enemy. Now they're in John ten and ten. Right. You know the enemy. The Satan, the, the Satan, literally meaning the adversary, the enemy of God, mm-hmm. he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy from us. Now get that, and those are not difficult terms. No. To, for someone to steal from you, to be a thief, mm-hmm. and to steal from you, to someone who kills with the intention of killing mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an act of finality, uh, to end something in your life or to end your life, uh, to destroy, to bring destruction into your life. That's yeah. what the enemy does. But Jesus said in John 10 and 10, yeah. I have come, but I have come That's right. that you might have life, that you might have it abundantly. And you say, well, how can you move on from that place of despair? Yep. How can you move on from that place of even self-destruction? How can you move on? Well, you know, and, and John wrote to the believers there in 1 John, he says, but if we... If we really, and I'm reading this from the Amplified, mm-hmm. uh, in First John 1 and 7, he says, but if we really are living and walking in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us, removes, removes, I like that word, us from all sin and guilt, and keeps us cleansed from sin in all of its forms, and mad and manifestations and verse nine is such a powerful verse if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins he is faithful and just true to his own nature and promises see god is true always true to his own nature and promises his Mm -hmm. character has no shadow of turning as james said in the first chapter of the book of james there's no shadow of turning in him there's no darkness in him mm-hmm. whatsoever and i know some people try to assign a dark side to god no there is that adversary of god who says he would exalt his throne above the throne of god mm-hmm. who he would exalt his majesty and his ways above that of god and on this earth he is still he is still allowed at this point in the dispensation of time. He is still allowed to have a free reign in this world. That's why Paul referred to the devil or Satan as the prince of the power of the air in this world. But he has been judged. That sentence is to be carried out. And I don't believe it's going to be too long before that happens. Mm-hmm. But if you and I there continue to chew, we have a choice. That's what makes us human. We we still are the children who were presented that tree of choice. And God said, you know, you have a choice, and because you have a choice, you have that 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 center of morality to create and to establish in your life that can be filled and that can be full 
And that only comes in one way. Now, when John writes there in that first chapter, first John, verse nine, when we freely admit we've sinned and we've confessed our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises now, and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything that's not in conformity to the will and purpose of God. He will forgive us of that Mm -hmm. because God is a loving God. God is a forgiving God. Mm -hmm. And that's such a powerful thing. That's, you know, right. that, that's why Paul encouraged Timothy. Listen, that's why we're, we're trying to encourage someone here today, maybe hopefully more than one. Mm-hmm. I, I, hope you, I hope you hit that share button. I hope you, I hope you share this with other people that yeah. need it because you may say today, well, I've got all that in good order and everything. Okay, share it with someone who doesn't. That's right. You know, we want that word to go forth. Because God loves us. He loves us so much. Mm-hmm. He sent his only begotten son. That's who the baptizer, who was literally his cousin, you know, said, yet he existed before me. Remember now, uh, John, John the baptizer had been born prior to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, in that earthly sense. But now I know that what that reference is all about, because he's mm-hmm. talking about him being the person of eternity that has now come to be born in flesh, you see. There's no one like the person of Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, some, some folks like to want to suggest to us that, that that's just a made-up person. It may be a historical person, but that's not really who he was. It's amazing how many experts there. But it doesn't come out of the Word of God that way. It doesn't. And Paul said to Timothy, what? All Scripture. All Scripture. And literally there, talking about everything of the written Word, the rhema of God. Is, is breathed of God and is given to us for that doctrine, for that reproving, for that correcting, for the training of righteousness so that you and I can be matured, completed, perfected uh, to every good thing that God would have us to do in this life. Yeah. That's a great success there. That's amazing. Amen. That's that is amazing grace, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> Praise God. And the, thing, and the thing we don't want you to misunderstand is that reproof, that correction, that wisdom that the word brings yep. is not because we owe God necessarily. It's because we love God for what he has provided, provided for us. Absolutely. One of the things, just real quick, there in Colossians 2, starting in verse 14, I love what, what we're acknowledging here to this letter, to Paul's letter here. Yes. And he says, he erased the certificate of debt. Oh, man, yeah with its obligations that was against us and opposed us. Mm. And that he has taken away all of it by nailing it to the cross. He has disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food or drink or other matters of festivals and new moon and Sabbath and all this. They were just shadows of what they were in Christ. Let no one condemn you by delighting, you know, in as you know, in practices or the worship of angels and claiming the visions and all the of the realm. Yes, yes. Such people are inflated by empty notions and mm-hmm. are unspiritually mm-hmm. minded. Mm-hmm. What God did on the cross was He eliminated a debt certificate. Yes, eliminated it. 
Yeah. So when we say we, we seek after righteousness, we seek after those things, we seek after reproof and knowledge of God, we do so thankful that God has changed the circumstances of our reality. Yes. We no longer carry a spiritual debt. We no longer carry Excellent. anything with us into that. There's, you know, guilt. Yes. I prefer, you know, there's a couple different translations. I don't have my TPT in front of me right now. Mm -hmm. But in that same passage, if you look it up, it says that Christ, when he hung on the cross, took our guilt and nailed it to the cross. That's right. And then he Amen. took all those yes. spirits and the powers that would put guilt on us. Yes. And he chained them by the neck and paraded them away. <laughs> Yay, Ben, that's right. So guilt is not a fruit of faith. Yes. Guilt is not something yes. that should be heaped upon believer to believer or believer to unbeliever or anything. It should never be something that we throw at a seeker. Well, you should just feel guilty for all of this. No, no. no you no, should no, no, know no. that you are loved to the point where your God and your creator is ready to redeem you of all of this. Yes. So much so that he sent a portion of himself to become a lifeblood sacrifice to yes. permanently cover all all of humanity, so long as they profess yes. belief in the Son. Yeah, the Amplified, if, if I may hear that, Go ahead. in that back there to that Colossians in that 17 verse, so when he's good. talking about what people were so hung up on. That's you right. mentioned that word reality. It's interesting because mm -hmm. the Amplified uses that word reality. That's right. When he was talking about those that were so hung up on the ceremonial laws of drink and 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 this uh, sabbath and, mm -hmm. and how far a person could walk on and, and do and all these kind yeah. of things that had become so legalistic and also in the polytheistic world yep as well yep you know that there had to be certain uh certain um oblations made at the temple and yep. certain things that you had to participate in even certain if a person things. didn't feel right about it mm -hmm. and he says such things verse 17 in the amplified yep. colossians chapter 2 are only the shadow of things that come they have only symbolic value but the reality the substance i like that the solid fact of what is foreshadowed the body of it belongs to christ yep and, and like you said, back up in verse 15, he said he triumphed over all those principalities and powers that he disarmed mm -hmm. in the work of the cross. That's, That's why right. he said, it is finished. That's right. And I turn it over to you, Father. He said, into your hands, I commend my spirit. And then on the morning of the third day, and living, coming to life and resurrecting again was the proof of that. There's no one else in the history of the world that has done that. Right. Claim that and done that, right. and so when you stack it up, mm -hmm. this is why this is why we want to talk about the, the origins and right. why we're referring to individual and personal cases of it, even like Paul to Timothy and and like, even in the old covenant, mm -hmm. when, where they they lived the life that yeah. God would have them to live, sometimes just by faith, not even fully understanding. Right. The Scripture says that. Right. Uh, things as Luke ends his gospel, he says, of things of which, if the word, if it was all written, right. the world could not hold the volumes of it. That's right. That's powerful. That's super. Powerful. I mean, that that is powerful. You know, when you talk about that faithfulness with mm -hmm. you know that the, they had in the old covenant, 
I, there we go. Go back to Daniel here for a second. Okay, that's fine. Because, <laughs> it, it, because what happened there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego yeah. is they they spoke delivery yeah. over their lives and then immediately followed it up with such a statement of faith that's now become a popular song in the Christian world and all that. Yes. Even if he doesn't, we choose to praise him. Yes. Even if he doesn't save us from this, we Amen. choose to worship him. Amen. It's that concept of... You know, we know who God is. We yes. know who God has said He's going to be in our life. And there again, it's old covenant, so yeah. they don't. They, you know, we're they don't. They're living without the Holy Spirit. Let's let's yeah. be real here. They're living yeah. by a law. They're, they're living, living in by a law. They're living in a pre-Holy Spirit yeah, world. That's right. So they're living strictly by the knowledge that they get from the Word yes. of the Scriptures, the old Scriptures mm -hmm. of who God has been for their people, and they're saying. No, you know, even if he chooses to let us burn, we still enter this furnace. We still enter this situation with thanksgiving in our hearts. Yeah, that's with right. worship that's on right. our minds, with yes. with giving him praise for the life that we have had, mm -hmm. and see that concrete that concrete act of faith is is the that's the real. Yes. That's the real, that, that reality, that perspective of God, that perspective that comes only through reading the scripture and knowing the yes. scripture and having that scripture indwelling in us manifested a reality for them yes. to where they walked into the furnace willingly. They did. They walked into how many situations, how many testimonies <laughs> over the millennia of creation have we seen where men and women have walked into the flames or the firing or the whatever situation because they knew without a shadow of a doubt God would see them through. Yes. With great faith, speak to that mountain and do not doubt and say mountain be cast into the sea and it will be done so. Yes. You know, we, we open... One of the things here at our church, we when we have our online prayer meeting, we open every one of those prayer meetings with that 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 verse, just that simple verse, that utterance that Christ said, that commandment that Jesus gave us. If you speak to the mountain with great faith and do not doubt, you can tell that mountain to do anything. Yes, but you can't doubt your faith. You can't doubt what no. you know. No, but you can only know what you've learned. Right, what you've studied. That's right. Those Hebrew children, just as sure as you quoted that one verse, which we as New Testament covenant people right. take heart in and are encouraged by, yeah. the Bible of those Hebrew children that went into captivity in Babylon right. okay, had the words of David, had the yep. words of Solomon. These were their fathers. These yep. were, and, and there in, in the Psalms 119. Oh, yeah. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Mm -hmm. Your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. You establish the earth and it stands. Mm -hmm. They stand this day according to your ordinances, for all things are your servants. Yeah. And so everything serves him. Mm -hmm. And they realize that they were part of this creation themselves that those Hebrew children were there to serve him, even carried off into captivity. You know, things may be going on in your life today. You say, I, I just feel this is all out of control and I feel like I have no control. But dear friend, God is with you mm -hmm. and you give your life each day to him and you know that he is with you in it and through it. 
and he will be because why because you and i come to that understanding we must come to that and settle that see he said his word mm -hmm. is settled in the heavens forever now is it settled in you forever right. uh, god god has already said it's settled in heaven which means it's settled in all everything of the cosmos that was created it's this word the word of god is what is fluent that is the language of it that is the essence of it okay yeah. Literally, I think it's back in the, the book, if I'm not mistaken, in Colossians, where he said, as all things were for him and of him yeah. and by him. Yep. And, you know, see, so, so there we have that inclusiveness. Mm -hmm. Now, the question is, how about you? Is it settled in you? You see? And, and then does it, how does that, where does that continue? How does that continue? And to whom does that continue? And he says there, verse 90, mm -hmm. it continues throughout all generations. That's right. It's been established in the earth and it stands. Mm -hmm. Nothing's going to change that. Men have tried and men will continue to try to change that. Men will try to continue to establish their dominion over that which is God, but they will not unseat him because his throne is eternal. His word is settled. It is eternal. <laughs> that's right. And that's not something I came up with. That's something of the word of God itself. And they stand this day according to your ordinances, O Lord, you see, for all things are your servants. And, and I've got a note down here, and all things for those who serve him. That's right. That's right. I love the next verse. 92. Okay, go for it. So in the CSB, that next verse is, If your instruction had not been my delight, mm. I would have died in my affliction. Oh, boy. Yes. There you go. The psalmist, after, after uh, I love this because he, he mm. starts here by That's saying, good. Lord, That's your good. word is permanent. Your yes. word is forever. Your faithfulness is for every generation because you established the earth. And good. the earth That's stands good. firm because it's your creation. So your judgments are just as firm as the earth. Your you decisions. Go. I love that the psalmist starts by acknowledging like, God, when you make a decision that something should be, it stands and it stands. Yes. It's a permanent fixture. Yes. The, yes. The, the, you know, it, until you decide to make the decision that the earth will be no more, I have no doubt that the earth will be here. Yes. That's really what he's saying. Yes. He's saying, I, I trust your judgment to the point where I know because you said the earth would be, it's going to be until you say it's not. Yeah, gonna absolutely. Be no and absolutely. then what he he follows that up with, if I had not had your word, your instruction as my delight, as my refuge, as my inspiration, I would have died in my affliction. That's right. In That's my right. human in my human state, I would have already come to death. Absolutely. And let's think about that for a second when we're talking about who the psalmist is. You want to talk about a man who faced repeated affliction, mm -hmm. both spiritually and mentally and physically. I mean, continuously throughout his life, David had these term really tumultuous situations he did. that he was a part of. He did. And it wasn't it wasn't anything other than God's instruction in his life. That he could truly rely on. I mean, there was there were points in his life where he was literally wandering through the wilderness, starving to death. Yes. And I mean, there was. I mean, so when he says that if I hadn't had your word as my delight, I know I would have died. Mm. I know I would have succumbed. Mm -hmm. And that is such a beautiful 
beautiful thought that to be able to acknowledge, first of all, that the, the creator created the thing you're standing on, the, the globe, and it's pretty firm, pretty firm. It's, it's here, you know, it's yes. still here, millennia removed from David. Yes. As firm as that is, as real as that is, mm -hmm. so is the hope of your instruction. That's right. Amen. Like Amen to that. And, yeah. and based on that, I know I had marked in my Bible a message that I'd heard preached uh, from, from a wonderful evangelist some years ago, uh, back in the previous decade, in fact. And, and in that, I had noticed, I'd met, met, written some things in the side of my note. If you look on in that uh, chapter 119, mm -hmm. uh, verse 97, how I love your jaw, he says. <laughs> I haven't looked that up in other translations. But I said, it is my meditation all the day. When we think on the word of God, when we've been convinced that his word is settled, not only in the heavens and the cosmos, but it's been settled in my heart, my mind. It's settled that this is the Word of God. It's going to challenge me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to. Uh, in fact, I had a note here from uh, from an old writing that was from Coleridge of many, many years ago. Let me see if I can get to it right quick. Um, and I love it. I've I've used it on several occasions. That's why I wrote it down in my and it, and Coleridge said. He believed that the Bible was inspired because it, he said, it finds me. Mm -hmm. I like that. God's word can always find mm -hmm. the human heart. That's right. <laughs> and that's he says, right. and that's the thing about, he said, I'm not always looking for God's word, but God's word finds me. Yep. And, and uh, that, was, that was from, uh, uh, from one of William Barclay's writings, and he, uh, he was good to quote Coleridge and many other thinkers and others of the day, of his day, and a day gone by. But folks have not changed. People have not changed. No. And you know, no. the, the Word of God still finds us. How is that possible? Because it is inspired. All scriptures, it is the sacred writings. It came to the forefathers. In fact, we're going we're gonna, to, in another go-round here, we're going to look at some of that in a New Testament setting as well. But let me, let me just tell you this right quick before we close out on this. He said in verse 98, your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. Yep. So dear friend, as you meditate on that every day, you can confess that and say, you know what? I am wiser every day. I am wiser than those who may be trying to undercut me, outsmart me, hurt my career, hurt my family, hurt my life, whatever the enemy of the, this world, the prince of power of this world is trying to do. Listen, the Bible says he's defeated and you and I are to call into captivity every faithful promise of God mm -hmm. because the nature of God is to keep his word and promises to us. Yep. And he does. And he says, for, verse 98, for they are mine. They're mine. So you know what? I'm, I'm wiser today. Look at verse 99. I have more insight than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. I have more insight today. God's going to give me wisdom. Yep. God's going to give me insight. And that's looking beyond just the, that's looking just beyond what's presented. That's understanding the innuendos. That's understanding the body language. That's seeing the things just like Daniel walking into the presence of Nebuchadnezzar, the great emperor of the Neo-Babylonian empire. That gives you not just the wisdom to speak, but the insight to know, to understand. 
what you're going to say, what you're going to do. And then he said in verse 100, I understand more than the aged because I have observed your precepts. And then he goes on and on and talks about how wonderful, how sweet, how powerful the word is. So I am wiser. I have more insight and I understand more. Yep. I understand more. I understand more even beyond my own years. You see, dear friend, all that is yours and the power of God's word. Could you pray that? Could you could you just say, God, may that be real to me today? I love the very jaw it was spoken from. I, I acknowledge that your word is settled in the heavens forever. And in those verses, it's funny because the prescription of how to apply them. My meditation, my obedience. Mm. Because mm. mm. see, the wisdom doesn't just come by reading it once. Yes. It doesn't just come by flashcarding it. It right. comes by there you go. meditating on it. There's right. a, I, you know, I have more insight than all my teachers because your decrees are my meditation. Amen. I wow. understand more than my elders mm-hmm. because I obey my precepts. Wow. The painful, the painful accusation there is that the elders he's speaking of don't know, aren't in standing in obedience. So the way yes. that you know that yes. the painful accusation there's a you know That's and, right. and, you know those of us that are believers and are slightly more mature in the faith, I hope we can say no. We are standing in obedience. So we are still have Amen. we still have the authenticity and the, there is no hypocrisy in our love. There is a genuineness in our love because we are standing in obedience. We are yes. meditating on the word. Yes. And one of the things there that came up in me as far as insight and wisdom, it's not just a spiritual thing. It is also a, a literal thing because, you know, when we think about the formation and understanding of time in the universe and the foundation of the modern calendar that's used by the Western world, it wasn't until those monks took into consideration the the time lapses in scripture, the mm-hmm. pauses, when the sun mm-hmm. stood still, when time was turned back mm-hmm. so that certain things could happen, that they could make a calendar work. Wow. That they could make, it, you know, the modern calendar as we know it was, was written and created by a bunch of Gregorian monks. Um, and the reason that could, they couldn't make it work and mathematicians had met, tried to make it work and they all these different calendars throughout time. And the way we, we clock time, the way we look at time, does not work until you take into consideration the account of God's word. Wow. Until it takes into account. Something. And then we can track time. And then we can understand time. You want to talk about relativity and you want to talk about yes. quantum theory and all those things and how we measure things and distance between things. And you know, you drop a pin down a well, we use time to determine how deep that well is based on when we hear sound and we know the mathematical properties there. Time is not clearly understood until you understand the Word of God. Yes. So yes. that insight, that wisdom that comes, people want to talk about science and want to, and replace God with science. The foundational understandings of nature and of humanity and the structure of everything needs to have a foundational truth at its core. Yes. Otherwise, it's completely ob- subject to alteration yes it's completely subject to well it's a planet this year it's not a planet next year yeah yeah it's subject to whatever theory mm-hmm. uh, is popular at the time right and and so and that's not settled 
No. Even though, you know, sometimes it's talked about as if it's settled. Right. The great thing when you go to a little bit later beyond the psalmist, when you mm-hmm. go to like the writings of the prophet Isaiah, oh. and a couple of the verses there, Isaiah 40, we think about, again, the origin of the word, mm-hmm. how personal it is, and yet it is personal because it is established as a as what we saw Brother Peter wrote in our back in our first session there that more sure word of prophecy. And and as we understand it as that settled word, that sure word of prophecy, listen, in Isaiah 40 and verse um, eight, verse eight, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry, I assume that's the, where you were going. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Mm-hmm. It stands forever. And he goes on to, to, to talk about then who God is going to be to us because that stands. He's going to be like a shepherd to us. Mm-hmm. And, and he talks about the, the, the greatness of God, how he measures the world in his hands. It's just a powerful writing. But go with me then to chapter 55, verse 11. Many see these latter chapters in the book of Isaiah as a parallel to the Bible itself, the 66 books of our canon scripture. And chapter 40 is the beginning of what many call the New Testament portion of Isaiah's writing. Much of that has a lot of messianic prophecy, a lot of messianic um, pictures in it, if you will, images of it. And then we get on all the way over here into chapter 55, verse 11. Mm. And listen, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth it will not return to me empty right. without accomplishing what I desire. Yeah. So God's word never fails. That's right. As it goes forth, and a God, and just like the Genesis one and one, you know, and 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 verse two, and you know, and there and there was darkness, and and the earth was without form and void, and yet the spirit of God was moving across the face of the deep. That spirit moving forth, the word of God, many times using some of that similar language of God breathing. That's what Paul said to Timothy. God, that all scripture, all that word is breathed forth from God. And that's such a powerful thing. Uh, We'll see that further here in a little bit. But it's sent forth and it accomplishes his desire. Now, this is where we have a lot of struggle Mm -hmm. because it's not always our desire. You know, that's where ultimately old Nebuchadnezzar, the king back there in the book of Daniel we were talking about previously, you know, and Nebuchadnezzar said, I don't understand the problem why I'm having these dreams because I, I live well in my home. I live wonderfully in my palace. I have, This is Babylon. This is great Babylon. <laughs> and so why am I having these dreams? Let's get over this. Let's get moved beyond it and let me rule the world, you see. Uh, and yet the word was to Nebuchadnezzar to, to call him into accountability. Ultimately, yep. that is to every person. Yep. We are called to accountability. Mm-hmm. And, and, and King Nebuchadnezzar went through a lot to come to the point where he said, Almighty God is the God, yes. and there is none like him. Yep. And then you go back and read the latter verses of that fourth chapter of Daniel, and there is a powerful and wonderful testimony from a great king who became greater still. This is Pastor Clark, and we're glad to have you watching 
the Gonzo Bible study and interacting with scriptures. You know, every day Robert's putting up verses of scripture that we've talked about and things. So every day you can have a word of experience and ride the ride. Thank you for your partnership and help to us. You can go on our website and go right there and help us out, or you can go to Patreon if you want to be a regular monthly contributor and help us with this ministry.